breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty. Mike is out. Scott Hughes is here, and we have another very special guest in studio. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. Saw you the other day, and I'm I'm really kind of hoping you get ill on Saturday. No, no ill will, but you were pulling out the cash to, for my Duncan booth, and I will be there. Uh... Even if someone has to push me in a wheelchair, and thank you so much for um, agreeing to take a dunk for public yeah. safety. How's brought- the arm, Wayne? Did you play baseball or anything? I did. I oh, did. I was hoping That's that. Yeah. I thought I heard that rumor that Wayne could really was sling it in his day. I could, and I am challenging and encouraging everyone who Aaron has uh, irritated over the course of years <laughs> to come out, uh, bring some cash with you, and... Seize the opportunity to dunk her in some water. Matter of fact, I went by the bank yesterday. I've got my oh, cash. Oh, man, ready. he just pulled Is out it? his cash. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready. I will be there from 9 to 11. What's the cause for? It's the career fair for the Shreveport it, Police and, and Caddo Sheriff and all. Explain the is, event. It is. Uh, thank you so much to the North Shreveport Business Association. Uh, this is a group of people who care so much more about themselves. They care about our community. And so they are hosting this career fair. I have uh, nearly 200 openings throughout my agency. The sheriff's department has a a bunch of openings, the fire department, the the marshal's office. This career fair will be an opportunity for us to uh, talk about our openings, to to hire people. We're going to start processing that very day. Mm -hmm. I might even wear my bikini. Just thinking about it. And, Chief, isn't this the same group? (laughs) They're they're doing this to help you raise (laughs) funds and awareness on career but then it's the same group that also donated land for the new one of the new substations. Absolutely. They're really big supporters of fire, fire and police. Absolutely. We're so excited about that. Um, almost at the corner of North Market and North Hearn, it used to be the Morant's Foundry. It's two and a half acres, and they have donated that to the city of Shreveport for a police substation. Uh, the deal has been done. It's gone through council. It is registered now in the name of the city of Shreveport, and we are so excited and looking forward to breaking ground. One of the big issues I brought you in here for is, uh, we'll talk Mardi Gras after the break a little bit, but I want to the, the big issue I brought you here for is these parking lot gatherings of young people, typically, in their cars. Some are drinking, they're carousing, loud music, and they may be in private parking lots. I was ill-informed. I thought if people gather in my parking lot here at the radio station and they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, that I can call the police and you can come and just run them off. I mean, say, get out of here. Y'all go. You're trespassing. You can do that, but you can have more teeth in it if I register my parking lot with you. Explain that program. Uh, uh, Many years ago, we had difficulty with the same kind of issues, people gathering on parking lots, and obviously trouble would uh, uh, began to erupt. So I got with the city court judges, a misdemeanor, and we agreed, they agreed, uh, we put together a proposal where you as a business owner, commercial business owner, that's the key to it, you can register your parking lot with the Shreveport Police Department. You have to put a sign at every entrance letting people know that it's registered with the Shreveport Police Department, and that is letting them know that we have your authority in your absence to challenge their presence 
And if their presence is not there to legitimately do business with you, your business is closed, to tell them to leave. And if they refuse to leave, to take the appropriate actions against them. You heard at the city council meeting the other day, perhaps it was the work session, about what's going on at the Mansfield Road, South Park Village Shopping Center, whatever it is, with the homeless people and doing things that are just absolutely despicable. And you made a comment that it hit me. You said, you know, this problem is getting worse. Over the last 10 years, this problem is becoming worse and they're becoming more. You didn't use these words, but I could tell you were thinking they're more bold now. They're doing things that you would have never imagined they would have done years ago. What's prompting that? Any idea? There seem to be um, uh, more and more, I guess, displacement of people that I see around our city. I am not sure what is causing that. Uh, you know, naturally, people follow the food chain, so there has to be something here that's attracting uh, displaced people in that fashion. And um, it's beginning to occur more and more around town. I guess it's, I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. I don't know. If I want to register my, my business, my parking lot, who, who, how do I do it? How much, co- how much cost is involved? What do I need to do? It does not cost you one cent. You call the Shreveport Police Department, the Community uh, Oriented Policing Bureau, a community liaison officer will bring you out the application to do so. I'll walk you through the process. Um, once it's approved, then uh, you purchase the sign, and I'll direct you to the North Freeport Business Association. They've been our community partner in purchasing the signs and distributing them. Place the signs up on your property at each entrance, at site where anyone driving on your property can see it, and that's all it takes. Because my memory is going back maybe a decade or more, we used to have a lot of problem like at Juella and Greenwood. We called it cruising back in the day. The kids okay. would just cruise. And I think that's where the the, the parking lot thing started because then some that's would right. just park in the, the, the businesses, the McDonald's of the right. world, and that's they would right. just crowd things up. But in those days, it was more of a traffic problem. Today, it seems like it's escalated to another problem. It's yes. not just traffic and inconvenience for citizens. It's actually become violence and gun. Are there drugs involved? What's your? I know maybe you don't know have a have a huge insight, but what's going on when these things happen? Our sign initiative evolved from Greenwood and Jewel, as a matter of fact, and uh, it and some other tactics. We solved that problem there because back in the day, you just sort of you just sort of run them off, and the, they'd all move to a different city. They disperse, yeah. and yeah. it would sort of solve itself. Yeah. But now they're not really. It's not really a rolling, moving problem, is it? Yes, it still is. Uh, it's sort of a game, I believe, to the participants. For instance, if we go to on Mansfield Road where they're gathering on that parking lot. And most lot of and it's disperse, southwest. Is that fair? Most of it's southwest yes, these days? Yes. They will disperse from that location and go to another location. When we go to that location, they'll leave there and go somewhere else. It's well, sort of a game. What if they're doing it at uh, public parks, Ford Park, at the... Frisbee golf course. You'll see some gathered there. What if they're in public parks, Chief? You have a f- full authority then to go run absolutely, them off. Absolutely, absolutely. On public property, public space, that is a different case. But we I have, have a right to be there. At what point do I not? At what point do I cross the line? Can I go to that Frisbee golf course and play my music loud and sit in my car and, and uh, drink a, you know, a beer? A lot of discretion and good judgment will have to be uh, used during a situation like that. At any point where the police... Uh, can justify and feel like the situation is posing a potential hazard, it's getting very unsafe because of the circumstance, then we will uh, actually leave. 
Run them off. Uh, we okay. periodically uh, close parks now because of that okay. on are, Sundays. Are we seeing when I know I see in other cities we have the drag racing. We have what I call the traffic stops where they shut a road down sometimes, these crowds, even on the interstate where they do donuts and things. Are we seeing that here? I noticed going down the parkway yesterday, something bad happened. Looks like a light pole got taken out and there was a fire took mm-hmm. place, obviously, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Are things happening down on the parkway? Yes, on the parkway, uh, our drag racing does occur. Uh, the parkway, uh, Airport Drive, uh, some parking lot, major parking lots in Shreve City. Uh, on Mansfield Road, kids get in the parking lot and do donuts. So mm-hmm. that does happen. Uh, but we are aware of it. We are uh, actively pursuing those who do that. And if we catch them, we will prosecute them to the fullest. And I'm guessing this just drains what little manpower you have. It does. Uh, I would love to my, for my officers to be patrolling the neighborhoods and really, really concerned about neighborhood safety as opposed to spending a lot of time out, uh, you know, running behind kids kids (laughs) doing Mm -hmm. stupid things. When we get back, um, can we talk a little bit about Mardi Gras and the the efforts to secure that? And I know you probably heard the mayor talking about that, and it's a manpower issue pretty much. We'll talk about that when we get back. Absolutely. Wonderful. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Back with Chief Wayne Smith in studio. Thanks for always coming in. He likes to come in person. Absolutely. And uh, we, we uh, want to talk to you about Scott Hughes, by the way, is here for Mike. And Mike Wayne has out. his bodyguard with him today. Yes. We, should, we should mention that. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Angie. Miss Angie Wilhite is here. Um, she does a lot of heavy lifting behind the scenes. I'm just telling you, a lot of work. Um, Chief, the, the Mardi Gras parades has become kind of a, a contentious issue in our community with regard to security. You have, yes. and particularly the Centaur Parade, which is set for February 3rd. That morning at 11 a.m., you have the African American Parade, which has been on that date, that first Saturday for years and years and years, 30 plus years. Yes. And then that afternoon, you have the Centaur Parade. The mayor is saying, has been waving a red flag, saying, we don't have enough police officers to handle both of these parades. Y'all have been working on finding some help, he told us. Yes. Um, but you, your guys, to do both of those parades in that one day would be a tough, tough order, huh? Uh, yes, it would. Without some additional resources coming in, as everyone well know uh, about our manpower, uh, woman power shortage. Uh, you know, it takes well over three hundred people uh, to do one of the big Mardi Gras parades, and many of those people. I'm working 16 hours already because besides doing that, they've got to do their regular shift. It takes, you know, a year planning coming up to that where we have to look at the calendar and post days when nobody can can take off. And with the dwindling resources, we just don't have the resources to do. I would have to work people 24 hours a day to do Mm. that, and I don't think that's right legal or safe to do so and to be fair wayne and not to not to call up an old wound here or anything but a lot of people act like oh they're just moving some floats around and we just need some police officers stand at barricades but to be fair it's two parades in one day and if i remember correctly last year we had not one but two shootings at one of these parades that is correct i'm not not saying it was centaur but we had at least two shootings including one the person that got shot and killed that's correct and then i don't know the numbers but every year this produces i'm guessing a couple dozen or i mean there's some significant events that take place along you get 
200,000 people together. How, what happens at these events from a law enforcement side? Because I don't think we see that as the public. When we say it takes officers, why does it take officers? What practically happens on, on that day for your people? Our obligation is to make it the parade as safe as possible. And that is not only uh, enforcing the rules uh, and laws, that is keeping people safe so uh, little kids doesn't get out in the parade route and get ran over. I can recall uh, in the past a time or so we've had someone get hit by a parade. Which it's happened a, in New Orleans two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And what happens when the uh, the floats come along, kids and people have a great time. They run out to catch the throws, and sometimes they're just not aware of the inherent dangers of getting close to a 40-foot float. And, Chief, they may, people may not realize to get other agencies to help to come in from other parishes or other regions, it's difficult because every community now has Mardi Gras. So everybody wants them to come help. That's exactly right. Uh, and, and you're obligating yourself, to be frankly honest. If, if I ask, uh, you know, Calcasieu to come and help me when Calcasieu have that parade, guess what? We're returning the favor. And I'm just ah, guessing that and I'm okay. just guessing that a police officer doesn't always want to necessarily come and do crowd control for two hundred thousand people. It doesn't it may not be it may not be as fun from your side. Is that fair to say? That is correct. They don't have a choice in the matter. It's uh we force people to feel those vacancies. Your, your officers. Our officers. But, that but is people correct. coming in from Ruston or Grambling or Monroe or Natchitoches, if you've got officers coming in, can they are they forced by the departments or is that voluntary on those officers' decision to come up and work with you? I would say it's probably both ways. If if I call and say, you know, Natchitoches, can you uh, help me out with 10 officers? Well, some of them will be volunteered and some of them will be voluntold. Sure. Chief, the the folks will say, well, New Orleans has parade after parade after parade. I mean, all day they they flow one to another to another, and they have a manpower shortage, and they and they're still able to do it. So why can't we do it? How do you respond to that? I don't think there's many parades uh, uh, in Louisiana that's five six miles long, continuous. That is a long parade. That's a long it's a parade. long route to cover. You're absolutely and right. They're, flow, they're generally flowing, in, in my memory in New Orleans is, they're generally also flowing the exact same parade route. They, mm-hmm. they shut it down, and it's parade after parade after parade, the same rate. You know, this is two different parade routes. Each parade is a, a generally around an eight-hour endeavor mm-hmm. for each police officer. And, and you sitting here with us this morning, we got our last minute or so, um, and I want to get to that other event that's coming booth. up. You want yeah. to get back to that. But um, you, night parades are inherently more dangerous? Absolutely, because of, of visibility, w- without a doubt. Okay. The, the analogy gave, someone gave me is, would you rather go to a day game or a night game at Tiger Stadium and why? Uh, the same yeah. premise holds for parades, yeah. and mm-hmm. it happens as well. But I think we wanted to close with the dunking booth. You are going to get soaking wet for a good cause. And I understand Wayne's coming right behind you in the dunking booth. You can get even. I just made that up, but I might tempt him to get up there. <laughs> well, I will for, for all the people over the course of my career that I've issued a ticket to. I challenge you to come out and get even. <laughs> the, the, the event is Saturday. It's uh, the, your career fair going on, right? That's exactly right. We're excited about it. It's uh, 2010 North Market, I believe. It's at the Louisiana Technical College, whatever mm-hmm. the name is, Up on their Shreveport. What time? It's nine to two. Nine to two. That is correct. I'll be in the dunking booth from nine to eleven. So nine to eleven is mm-hmm. the prime time. Prime to come. time. <laughs> to and, come. 
And don't worry about the weather, rain, shine, sleet, or snow. The dunking will go on. LSU plays at 11, so mm-hmm. you'll be soaking wet to go home and make your sausage balls. No, no one's going to hit the target. I'm oh, gonna not going to fall. Lot. No one's going to hit the target. They're going to hit the target a lot. But and for everyone out there, we have immediate openings. And uh, I tell you, as a, a caveat to that, we have partnered with the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Uh, they will be there and going to be directing uh, uh, people who are unemployed our way off. Bring your kids, too. There's stuff for kids to do. Yes, There's going to be yes. people to keep an eye on them, so you can bring the kids out and have bouncy things. It's going to be a, good, a great event. Absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward to it. I'm going to wear my bikini. Come on. No, I'm not. I'm lying. <laughs> what I want. Thank you, Chief. Appreciate it. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. All right, I got in trouble with the popo. What'd you do? And I'm not a certain person, so <laughs> I got in trouble. Tinted, tinted windows? No, one tinted windows. No, no. I uh, Taking pictures of lights out on I-20, pulling over in the no. side shoulder? I'm going into a courtroom, and you have to stop and go through the metal detector and all that stuff. You have to leave your phone, and they give you a little key to, to lock your stuff up in a box that you can't bring in. And he uh, he stops me after I go through the metal detector, and they wand me and all that, and I'm good. And then he goes, ma'am, what's this in your purse? Oh. I'm like, oh, what is in my You're purse? you carrying weapons into a courthouse? No, it's not that bad. Uh, I'm I, trying I, to guess. I'm coming up with so many guesses in my mind. <laughs> I, I, Ruben, be ready to go to commercial really quick. Three spoons? Big spoons. Big metal spoons. Three big metal spoons? Yeah. Why do I have... Three. Three big metal spoons in my purse. I don't know. Well, I, I, he goes, let me let me say... So I dug, I dug in the purse. I went, oh, I have a spoon in here. He goes, yeah. He goes, there's something else. So I go digging. I not. <laughs> dig up number two. Another spoon. Then I go in and I dig up number three. Was he looking around for cameras? He was looking for everything now. They're digging for... And and they don't put their hand in the purse. They use this little stick thing they have and they start moving all my stuff. My purse is a disaster area at the moment. I haven't cleaned this purse out in a long time. It's a silverware drawer. Yes. I've been wondering where all my damn spoons are. Yeah, yeah you're carrying you them around. Your, your girlfriend network, and uh, I mean, apparently you you go to people's houses and you collect things. I don't know what's <laughs> sorry going for on stealing here. all y'all spoons. Jeez. And the worst part about it is, you're not going to want to hold these spoons because here's what I do. I wouldn't touch them with the little stick they push. Yes, <laughs> I I eat a yogurt on the way to work, you know, pretty often. And I just tossed the spoon. That spoon would scoop out an entire yogurt cup. Look how dirty it is. Yuck. They got yogurt goo on them. (laughs) And they've been in my... So anyway, I'm and sorry. And they're still in your purse. So they're they're still, I didn't still get them in out there. Last, you didn't get them out last well, night. Well, I brought them to show them. It's a show and tell show oh, today. Wow. There are I, therapists all over this community wanting <laughs> your phone number right now. I know. I do need therapy. I'm sorry. We went really long. but I So I'm okay. They didn't chain me up or anything. I just had to take the spoons out of the purse. Sorry to the deputies that I... Made you dig for my damn spoons. Oh, you, you didn't make them dig. You made their day. That's yeah, I'm sure they told everybody. <laughs> telling everybody. Woman now. tried to come in here with spoons. 
Three spoons. The what number the, of spoons is going to go up every time yeah, they tell exactly. the story. Uh, going to follow up a little bit on Mardi Gras when we get back. I had a few conversations yesterday. I can tell you some of them and some of them I can't, but we'll talk about that when we get back. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Mardi Gras. Uh, the mayor yesterday was pretty adamant. That we have to do it this way. We don't have security. I, I didn't think he minced words. I don't think he did either. And I know the Mardi Gras crews were listening. They have shared his message. And um, there's been no real communication since they sent their uh, counter proposal earlier this week to the mayor. They wanted a 5 o'clock start time. Um, the mayor's point about it's a five-mile route and it's a lot to cover. And the police chief made the same point. You had them he both did. yesterday. Mm-hmm. They did. Um, that's something we have to think about. I mean, I you know I know the crews are like they love that. They enjoy that long route. But is is that the best for the parades? Is that the best for the city? Well, I think I think in the end, I am not a member of either crew, any of the crews. Um, I under matter of fact, I was my last involvement with the Mardi Gras parades was really around the formation of them years ago when Jim and I was first, the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. and it really started in Bozier. You start, and that was the the genesis of it was that it, that, that it was a to do something economically and b to unite the cities. Mm-hmm. And so, for those that remember, it used to actually put, get put together over at Pierre Bozier Mall. Yes, and then it would wind its way through Bozier down Airline Drive across to Jimmy Davis, in, mm-hmm. and then the the, the route. Not- Shreveport Barksdale. Shreveport Barksdale. Yeah. Across mm-hmm. Shreveport Barksdale. And then we'd finish where it finishes the duck pond. Mm-hmm. So it's always been this long parade route. That's just from the beginning when we started it. Um, but it, it never had the crowds it has today. I mean, yeah. it's, it's grown, grown, grown. Um, and, and I thought about that too, Aaron. And, you know, the, the, the conversation of moving it, you know, what, what, what I've always thought is, why wouldn't you go back and maybe build the thing on Clyde Fant between Shreveport Barksdale? South, mm-hmm. yeah, and then just kind of start there at Shreve City and kind of loop through Shreve City up. I mean, that's a much shorter parade mm-hmm. route, yeah. but I'm not sure how many people are on the parkway. Yeah, it, it lots to talk about next week. I hope to have the uh, crews in and, and they're going to iron out what they want, what they're trying to work out. Um, when we come back after seven o'clock, I want to talk about uh, street repairs in Shreveport and what is on the wish list. That's all coming up 1017 FM 7. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Oh, God. I, do, do you ever say yes to things and then when it's time you're like, what was I thinking? I'm here, aren't I? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> These are easy questions. <laughs> Keep them coming, lightning round. Softball. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, can you come no, in at I'm six a, in the morning? You know, but mine never involve water. If that's what you're talking oh, about. Oh, Scott, and I and, and it's a good cause. It's a great cause. Yes, I'm in a dunking booth tomorrow. People are asking me, "Where is it? Where is it?" It's it, at the Shreveport Technical College, North Shreveport Technical College, it, 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 North yes, Market, it, up on North Market, mm-hmm. right there near the 220, where 220 crosses North Market, the Technical yeah. College, right there on the um, east side of the road. It's the career fair for the police, fire department, the sheriff's department. It, it, and you know, you're, you're whining because you're going to get wet. Let's be clear about I that. I know, but you're getting wet for a good cause. I you am. get wet every 
every day. I do. I go to the so, pool so, all the you, time. You go to the pool. I'm going to give you credit. You go to the pool. You actually teach stuff now. I am. I've been teaching some kids. and I, I, But my worry is not the water. My worry is the six-inch fall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my worry is I'm going to throw a hip. I'm going to, you know, twist an ankle. Have you seen a dunking booth? Yes. It's more than six inches. I know, they, they I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning... I mean, your definition of six inches. I mean, <laughs> and my other problem is is the little is the little thing, the little diving board, is it going to hold my big butt? I'm sure. I'm going to get oh. up there and it's going to go, oh, you're sunk every time you sit on it. <laughs> oh, it, it, if you, you've, you've ever done a dunking booth before? I have. It's so, been a so year. You know, the problem with yeah. dunking booth is not the fall. It's not, is it going to hold you? You know that. It's the Groundhog Day effect. Yeah. It's fun normally for a couple of times, mm-hmm. and then it's just a constant get wet, climb that climb little ladder, yeah. reset it back up. Oh, uh, but it's for can a great I just cause. stand in the water and then when they hit the button, I'll just go under? No, I'll just no. dunk you, my you, head under. You, you've got to deliver. What, what what scares me is that we had the police chief here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who um, and this is for fire and police. It's a recruiting yes. effort. It's a good. Mm-hmm. It's a great cause that you're going to get dunked for nine to eleven. At the technical college. That's when I'll be in the booth. The event goes till 2. But what scares me is I, I think Wayne Smith has circled this day in his calendar, and he is yeah. coming for you. Yeah. yeah, there's there's really no point in anybody showing up just for this because I think Wayne Smith has bought all the tickets I already. think he has. I think, I think he's think already he, bought, he, bought it out. He's just going to be throwing throw at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he he's just yesterday. doling out cash. Yeah. I, how dorky do I look? Do I put on my swim cap and oh, yeah. Do, yeah, do yeah, it all, do dork, it, dork do it, it up? up? Absolutely. I'm thinking about getting a T-shirt like... Donuts, guys, and, or something like and that, start, and, and start working on your barking. You know, trash you talk like a girl. Yeah, oh you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, trash yeah. talking. Yeah, is that you all you got? I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. I, that's a good good thing on my teeth. Is that all you got? Or is you couldn't you hit the side of a barn or something? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Okay, I'm gonna work on that. I'm because I, I can trash talk all day. I'm just wondering how dorky I need to look. Do I the, like wear flippers and all that? The key to the whole thing is how big is the little round target they have to hit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how far away do they have to stand? <laughs> I'm thinking 100 yards 100 is good. Yards, yeah. 100 yards is good. Don't you think? Right. Wayne Smith's got Joe Burrow coming in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Paul Skeens is done for the oh, minor leagues right man. now. I think he's going to, you know, he's actually, Paul was coming, he's coming to the Pence Bowl. Oh, as the speaker, he sure so is. He might be in the community. Uh, how'd you like to, how'd you like to look up at a dunking booth and see Paul Skeens standing oh, there with a $100 bill in his hand? Oh, man, no. <laughs> so if I've ever done anything dastardly to you and you want to sink me in the water, tomorrow's your chance. 9 to 11, uh, North Shreveport Technical College. Come out, we'll have some fun. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be in the drink probably most of the time streets in shreveport which ones need an overhaul we'll be talking about that when we get back 1017 fm One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Mike is gone. He'll be back on Monday. It's his birthday too, by the way. I think he's like eighty two today. Eighty two years he young. 80, he's eighty two. Yep. I'm lying. He's, he's going to dress like eighteen eighty two. 
seersucker suit Seer after suit. Labor Day. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping he doesn't. We shall see. I just want pictures if he does. Yeah, I do. I want to see pictures. Um, got a list. Yesterday they had the Bond Study Committee. I don't know what they're calling themselves. Um, they met again. And yesterday was Public Works Day, where you had the um, Public Works Director, Gary Norman, City Engineer Patrick Furlong, presenting their case for all the projects they want to get funded. And you did a total of it all, and it's over $70 million, it looks like, on the low end, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a fairly easy, simple document to read. And some of them, they give ranges. Some mm-hmm. of them have set numbers. And I took the low number on every time, and that was about $70 million. And there's two of the categories, which are the neighborhood categories, which mm-hmm. say unknown. So yeah. that's $70 million plus plus because we don't even know what those numbers would be. Mm-hmm. If I had taken the higher number, it's probably closer to $90 million than with the plus plus because there's the yeah. two unknowns. You can see the full list, by the way. It's up at keelnews.com now. So if you want to know, is my street on the list to get repaired? Um, they've they've put it out there. Now, this is the and final it, list. This is not a list that's going to get repaired. Right. Let's clarify that. Right. Not, don't get other people mad like you are at Ninth Street. <laughs> Explain this is, this, how this works. This is a wish list. Right. This, this committee is meeting, and they haven't even decided how much the bonds are, they're, they're going to mm-hmm. sell or even what areas it's going to be in. What they're said is, let's let people come present to us what some issues are. So mm-hmm. this was really just streets and drainage, bringing them, this is where we think we have some concerns. And there's okay. not a single thing on this list, to be fair, that is guaranteed to be in the bond issue yet. Does this, does, does the process, and I know you're real familiar with this, does the process work like this? The bond study committee will then pare down the list and say, look, we're only going to have $60 million roads and drainage so you guys got to come back with us and pare it down will they let the department heads kind of pare it down is that how it will work typically well typically the way these things work is there's a couple of decisions first of all they've got to decide how much they think they're going to go for in a total bond issue okay they probably have that number that's usually based on the financing available kind mm-hmm. of a deal. i've heard a hundred million talked about Th- that'd be a good target then second, you got to decide, are we putting it all on one? Are we putting it on multiple requests? You know, the, the cafeteria style versus right. the, you know, the all in one. The biggest issue is what these commissions normally do is they normally recommend. They say, look, we recommend a bond issue, maybe $100 million. We recommend it in four areas, streets and parks and whatever mm-hmm. they do, yeah. public safety. And this is kind of what we're thinking. But let's be clear, at the end of the day, the city council has to call the bond election. Right. And so the city council puts it on the ballot. And then like as we, we talked yesterday about the juvenile justice, the the, you know, the cattle commission, um, not related to this at all. They're two different government mm-hmm. entities. But at the end of the day, you've got to put it on a ballot with certain ballot language. And then you've got to have confidence that the, that the administration, that the entity, in this case, the city of Shreveport, actually does what's on the ballot because what they have to follow is actually what it says on the ballot and what people really like what i think you were asking for yesterday with the cattle commission is they'll often do what's called a tying resolution they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll approve the ballot language we we authorize a tax to raise a hundred million dollars to be used in these general areas mm-hmm. and then the specific streets are never mentioned on the ballot never um, no. and so then you're counting on the follow-through to finish, let's just say Night Street for an example. Okay. And so there's not there's nothing ever said we were going to do Night Street. It was kind of sold as it's one of the projects when the cost ran up, Night Street didn't get done. Um, and so 
Um, it's that tying resolution that becomes the most important thing to citizens a lot of times. And this, that was the question you were asking Cattle Commission. Mm-hmm. Show me how you're going to spend that $5 million a year before I vote on it. And I think, in, in all fairness, what Judge Young was trying to tell back is that's not really – you can't really do that. You really kind of at some point have to approve the tax and then trust the entity to do what they said they were going to do. But if at a time when we don't trust government anymore, it's it's scary. And when the when the city council, when the mayor, whenever whoever's going to go out and pitch this bond issue, they're going to say, "Here's what we're going to do. We're going to fix the Linwood Bridge. We're going to fix the Clyde Fant Parkway erosion. We're going to fix the street lights on I-20." Um and then when the when we pass it and then when we come back and go you said you were going to fix the street lights on I-20. That's how you sold it to me. And they're still out all the time. You know what I mean? Well, you, the, you, the don't, you don't really have any legal uh, thing to, to fall back on because that's not on the ballot to fix the street lights. Correct. And so people that know, and I, 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 I kind of I hate to say that I hate to say, but, you know, so good government then says you can't actually put it on the ballot that says here is $2.79 million to fix street lights. Because then the second you get the money and you get ready to do it and inflation hits or they start moving things around, they realize, wait a second, there's something under here we didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And so now it's $3.5 million. Right. Well, now they can't do the project. Mm -hmm. They don't have other money to do it. So they do it in terms of these larger areas that say this, we're going to do this for streets and drainage, this for parks. And then at the end of the day, sometimes you have to make hard decisions. This is where I think Judge Young was. You have to make hard decisions of where to move money, what gets done, which ones are priority. Mm -hmm. And you might get to the end of a list just like shopping i ran out of money i can't get the things i want at the bottom of my shopping list right and so then you have to you have to stop and then cost overruns come in and, I, and, and so to defend the government's just a hair that does come into play i don't right. think anyone's really playing a shell game in the sense that we asked you for money for streets night street mm-hmm. and oh we decided to go build gymnasiums over here no right. they built streets they just ran out of money before they got to night street exactly let me ask you a question in our last minute here um, the LED lighting for I-20. I was excited to see that. That's pretty cool. I'm really, because I, you know, that's another pet peeve of mine. But my issue is, I know there's an uh, a subsurface problem with that lighting. I've been told the rats chew up the lines, etc. Please tell me they wouldn't go and change all those to LED lighting without changing the lines out underneath the subsurface. Please say that to me, Scott Hughes. I like LED lighting. <laughs> I, I'm not an expert on. I, 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 I don't want to fall in that trap because, to be honest, I don't know what that. I mean, it's, it's listed as LED lighting. So does that mean we're just changing out the ball? We've done this. I, I'm the president of car of um, of the Cabosa Soccer, mm-hmm. and so we've done this little out of the Cargill Sports Complex sure. as we work the city. Um, actually, we actually you know actually get AP Swepco gets involved sometimes mm-hmm. these lighting things. Foster Campbell and the Public Service Commission yeah. is very interested in changing lighting out, and so I know we've had grants and things to switch out the lighting, which becomes the ballast units, the bulbs, the things that are high up on the pole. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've never had to change the stuff on the ground on our poles. And okay. I think that's your question: is is the fundamental um, infrastructure structure there or we change out the bulbs and then they still don't come on yeah are you putting lipstick on a pig i you know anyway we'll keep an eye on it when we come back i want to talk to scott about riveting event happening tonight um a gubernatorial debate and the front runner is going to be there i want to see what he's watching for that's coming up next on 
Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Okay, I, I, I do this subject for fear of, I don't want to put our listeners to sleep, um, but I know we need to know about it. Tonight is a debate in the governor's race. Um, I think all the major players are there. I think they have seven candidates. All seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Landry's going to be there. And then I think Nelson has yes. been invited to this one as well. So there's seven. I've heard that there are seven candidates. There are three moderators. Mm-hmm. And there's one host. <laughs> are they going to get everything in? In one hour. And so it's, it, it's yeah. It, it's going to be a, a train wreck. It, it, what are you watching for tonight? Is I mean, they're coming after Landry, obviously, right? Well, it, that's really all you're watching for tonight. Given given the time limit and given the format, they're going to have very little chance to make any impression. The way you're going to make an impression is to, is to come hard, come fast, and this is going to this is the only one he's going to do. This is their one chance mm-hmm. to, to to go after Jeff Landry. The way and the way he's going to do is standard run the clock out. Yeah. he's going to try to stall, take time, mm-hmm. take the least damage possible, get through it, and say I did it, and then move on. They're going to have to shut him up, basically. You know, anytime that they're going to have to ding the bell and all that sort of stuff. It's it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it, I, I I look for you know Schroeder's been the one coming the hardest, and I think Wags will probably come a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think I, I mean if you're if you're betting, I'd put money on the Schroeder Landry showdown because that's really where it's been 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 building up to. Um, do, do, does John Q public even care yet? No, Friday night football is going to be on. Um, it's John Q public's not going to watch this. Now, you know, news cycles, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. So, so from, from, from the governor's race, what you're looking for is, is there a zinger? Does Landry make a mistake? Can they knock him off his game? Can they get him flustered? Right. You know, does he say something wrong? If not, then this is a this is a big nothing burger, and it, if nothing is done that we can get out there, what you're looking for a lot of times is your other campaigns, and where it comes to play is you're looking you're looking can you get him rattled and say something dumb, and then you okay. have the video of it, and then we'll see that or hear that in radio right. and TV spots. Can anybody gain a lot of ground in a debate like this, in a one-hour debate forum where you're going to have very limited time. Well, again, you're trying to get that campaign material for downstream to get that talking point. Um, I've kind of looked at this race and, and had some second thoughts about it. Um, you know, I, I, you know, Politics 101, I, I, we're looking at Landry headed against Sean Wilson, mm-hmm. and they're going to make the runoff, and Landry wins that easily, and that seems to be the race right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what You previously said that... that Wilson's best chance against any of them is against Landry. You disagree now? No, I no no. The, 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 stay stay with me. Okay. I think Wilson's best chance. If you're a Sean Wilson right, person, right. your your only best chance is to get against Jeff Landry. I That's mix, the I only candidate yeah. you beat mm-hmm. because he's got such potentially high negatives that you that's the race we've seen before that was Vitter that was Responi against a, a, a Democrat mm-hmm. I don't think to be clear I don't think Wilson can win that but that's his best chance those okay. are two different things now in reverse of that ironically Landry I think wants Wilson okay he likes that race mm-hmm. the race that Landry doesn't want is potentially any of the other Republicans. We really have never had a Republican-Republican race for okay. Louisiana governor, given our open primary system, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But there's a weird thing shaping up here. Sean Wilson 
might be such a weak overall candidate. Nice man, but such a weak overall candidate. You don't see a lot of passion behind him. There's not a lot of money behind him. The trial lawyers aren't even backing him, a traditional group that's backing Democrats. To be honest, the trial lawyers, by all reports, are backing Landry. They're trying to go Whoa. with the winner. They believe. And so there's a potential here that if Wilson underdelivers, only gets in the low 20s, he's mm-hmm. still going to get some vote, that if they can drag Landry down, one of the other Republicans, probably Hewitt or hmm. Wags, can get yeah. to second place. And I would suggest to you, I started thinking two weeks ago, why am I seeing attack ads by the Republican Governors Association against Sean Wilson in the first round? They're not scared of Wilson. That's who Landry wants. Yeah. So why would you try to bring Wilson down in the first round? It's only to help a Republican. It either would be because you think maybe Jeff Landry can win outright in the first round if you Mm -hmm. turn it down. Or you can get another Republican to get up in the low 20s, wagons back perhaps, and get an R versus R runoff. Interesting. It, it's, so it's still in play, but yeah. it's still, let's be honest, it's Landry's race to lose. Right. And all he's got to do is not get tripped up. Okay. When we get back at, at about 740, um, we're going to talk about what is going on with high school football in Shreveport. There's something you probably don't know about that you need to hear. It's kind of stunning. I that heard the city got hijacked. Yeah, city got hijacked. That is coming up. 101.7 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Okay, when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, who's been hijacking the city, this big thing going on with uh, football. But uh, right now, I'm kind of distracted because I'm shopping for a condo. And I Don't tell me Powerball's growing again. Yeah, almost $600 million. Oh, my poor realtor friends on the <laughs> Gulf Coast. It's $596 million. It's not even worth it for you. You only play in the big games. No, this is the big. This is big this enough. Is big? This is big. You, you could buy a over, condo over for, $500 yeah. million. for $590 million. You could actually find a condo that meets all your requirements. Oh, yeah. Hot oh. tub on the east facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your big one, isn't it, right? Yeah, east facing. I want to see the sunrise. <laughs> see, they, they tell me. They yeah. call me. Who's this lady looking for east facing hot tubs? She really got money? Yeah. <laughs> no, she doesn't have a penny right now. But uh, one day she will. The drawings tomorrow night. It's nice knowing you. Anyway, when we get back, I mean, the town is kind of blowing up about this uh, hijacking of the city and, and high school. Have you heard about it yet? Um, Calvary woke up and chose violence this year. They are playing <laughs> some football. Uh, Scott's no going to explain what's going on. That is coming up. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Okay, Scott, I have not, I'm sorry, I have not been paying attention. You need to wake up. I know. Uh, Who's hijacked the city and why? Well, Calvary, Calvary football is, they've always been good. Calvary's always been good. No doubt. But I've not seen them play this year, and we're not a sports show. Mm -mm. Tim Fletcher does that. But they got a team, and they they played Captain Shreve last week, and it was a very one-sided affair. Captain Shreve, if I remember correctly, opened the season by scoring 70 and had players set school records for rushing. And they've got a good team. And they went to Calvary last week and lost 61-27, to about a 35-40-point mm-hmm. game. And people went, wow. And then last night, 
um, Bird, traditionally the one of the powerhouses, if you not bet. the powerhouse in the city, um, played for a state championship a couple years ago. Bird goes to play Calvary last night, and the score was 42 nothing in the second quarter Ooh. with a running clock, which if you don't Wait. know high school football, coaches agree to a running clock when the game is considered non-competitive, and we want to get it over as quickly and as possible. And they went to a running clock they in the second quarter? They went to a running quarter? clock in the second quarter. And then, Whoa. as it turned out, I don't think Calvary scored any more. Their starting quarterback had thrown like four or five touchdowns. They pulled them out, right? Bird, I mean, Bird, yeah, I, I, yes. And then Bird okay. did score a few in the second half. But it was a non-competitive game last night. And so the, 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 the buzz around the game before the game, once Calvary had beat Captain Shreve, was that Calvary was trying to hijack the city. Whoa. Which I think is kind of a dig at right. one of Bird's traditional we run the city yeah. lines that you see mm-hmm. all the time. And I don't care if you're a Shreve fan, a Bird fan, a Calvary fan. At this point, you got to tip your hat. Calvary's got the team. They talk the talk. And kind of like Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes, mm-hmm. that, you know, they're, they, are, they are what they are this year. Calvary's for real. Calvary's wow. got some talent. Do so they have any hurdles the on their schedule to, to worry about? Does Calvary at all? I, I I have not again. We're not a sports show. Haven't mm-hmm. I, I? I take things one week at a time. I, I, I'll tell you this. You asked me yesterday on a Google Speed, you know, dating yeah. thing. We looked at. I think people are going to be googling Calgary football. They got they got a team this year. Man, and do they play in? Are they in that special district with private schools? Is I don't know. I don't know the rules about they, all that. They, they are. They are a private school, and there are lawsuits about the playoffs. And I, that would be a Tim Fletcher question one day. Maybe you get him in here, and you know, next weekend if this keep if this keeps up. But they definitely are a private school. Um, they tend to play once they get in the district. You know, they they tend to get a lot of smaller private schools. But um, that was a shocker from high school sports when mm-hmm. you see. Two of the big schools, um, particularly one of the traditional powerhouses, and tip of the hat to Bird, they've been very good for a long, long time. But they kind of took one on the chin last night, and that and so the story is Calvary. The story is what's going on out there at that school. They've collected some talent, and and c- congratulations to them. And we all know the coach at Calvary, Coach Rodney Ewan, who was the Houghton guy for years. Uh, when Dak Prescott was out there, he knows how to develop talent. There's no doubt about it. And he's, you know, apparently he's got some dynamo players. Well, there's a, and there's a, from what little I followed, there's a sub story. Calvary actually had so much talent that they had another quarterback. I don't know if he's a freshman or a sophomore, but he, he wasn't even going to play because this other, this starter is so, so good that he apparently has withdrawn and gone over and enrolled at Evangel now. And he can't play for a year. But people are already looking ahead to what would maybe be a Calvary Evangel match next year because this kid's already being recruited by colleges as a freshman sophomore. Wow! Now so, Calvary will play Evangel. Have, they haven't played yet, have they? I don't. Again, I don't have okay. the schedule, so I don't want to say something I don't know. I just really you talk about high school football. You know, that's the big wow moment. That, right. that Calvary has always been good. But they got something special going on this year. Which you, is anything that promotes Shreveport Bossier is good, and they're going to be a, they're going to be a, a star team this year. When you go to a running clock in the second, I even I mean I follow football, but I'm not like seriously into it. I, I think I told you I, for 28 years I I was the PA announcer at Bossier High School, my mm-hmm. alma mater, and so I've seen a lot of high school football. More than a quarter century saw teams come through. I've never seen a running clock in the second quarter. That's crazy. Now, next week is the game in terms of the Shreveport game. It's um, it's the Bird Shreve game. It, it, it's always it, it's not just a game; it's a cultural event. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the one thing this this year, all the games and the all, 
really all the Caddo games are being played for the most part at Independence Stadium. We have an issue with Lee Hedges. It's being improved. There's a lot of money being put into Lee Hedges. The mm-hmm. project wasn't exactly finished, I think, when they wanted it to be. Right. So we've lost access to Lee Hedges. Um, if, when the last time this game was at Lee Hedges, um, I went to it, and I think there were 10,000 people there. It was just unbelievable. Oh, it's a huge community event because Shreve and Bird are traditionally the two big powerhouse schools mm-hmm. in the city. And this will still be a big game, um, you know, and, and no matter what the records, although it looks like Bird's going to maybe come in one and two. I think they also lost to Huntington earlier right. this season. And Shreve is probably going to win tonight and come in two and one. Okay. Um, and so that game will have a lot of excitement because based on the eyeball tests so far, the advantage might be to Shreve this year. And that doesn't happen very often. Bird holds a huge advantage in that series. Sure. And that will be an exciting yeah, it's game a thir- next week. Thursday night game it's next week. It's normally a Thursday night right. game. Just to keep the kids from going too crazy on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> they do some crazy stuff. Uh, when we get back, coming up after 8 o'clock, Dodie Horton is going to join us. State we're gonna, representative. Yep. We're going to talk about she's got a, a contender challenging her. We will find out why she needs to stay in the house. She's going to give us her reasons. That's coming up. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Okay, it is uh, it is tomorrow. It's 9 to 2. The event's going on. Uh, okay, we're done. Is that it? Is that we're done? That's all I'm going to say. The dunk, the dunk tape? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Look, look at it like it this. Look like this. You're gonna you're gonna get dunked for a great cause, helping recruit fire and police officers. Mm-hmm. North Shreveport Business Association at the Technical College. Um, it's really a larger event. It goes nine to later. The whole event. They're nine recruiting to two. officers, etc. Yeah. But nine to eleven, you're in the dunking booth. Mm-hmm. And at eleven o'clock, your LSU Tigers play. Yeah, Mississippi State. Mississippi State. They're favored. Um, I don't even know what they're charging for my dunking booth. I, I think they boosted it up because they thought, oh, there's people that'll pay. They got to... They ought, to, they ought to charge a little more because you're going to slow play it. Every time you get dunked, you're going to be, you're going to waddle around the water. Oh, and yeah. You're going to climb slow. Oh, and you're going to yeah. insult people. Eat another donut. <laughs> I'm going to trash talk them. You know what they ought to do? What? They ought to make them throw sausage balls to hit the Ooh, thing. that would be great. Yeah. You ought to bring sausage bras and throw back. Oh, that's a good idea. When they get ready, when they wind up, you start bombing them with sausage balls. Sausage balls. balls. Make a miss. Oh, that could do it. I'm here for you. That's not a bad idea. I will be there tomorrow from, I'll be in the dunking booth from 9 to 11, open to the public. In fact, it's a, they're doing all kinds of cool, they're going to have bouncy stuff for the kids, they're going to have all kinds of things going on. But the whole purpose is, if you're looking for a job, they're ready to hire. And these are n- not necessarily just police officer jobs. They've got, uh, you know, clerks, they've got all kinds of openings in the police department, the fire department, sheriff's office, and they're all going to be there. I'm afraid there's going to be a line at the dunking booth. I think before I even arrive, there may be a line. I think they're lining up tonight. Um, Are they? It's, they're it's camping get, out? Get a number. And I'm, I, I'm seeing a weather forecast, 0% chance of rain. It's going to be a beautiful day okay. tomorrow in the Arklatex. Good. I can't wait. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to dress. Do I dress like, do I put my, my swim cap on and flippers on and snorkel and all that? I'm not sure. I'm working on the outfit now. I don't know, but I know I'm trash talking. If you're getting up to dunk me, I'm going to trash talk you. I don't care. 
you know who it is if it's chief smith to the mayor i i don't i'm trash talking you're going down you know another another idea just as around it maybe it maybe it's a different amount of money from a different distance Oh, like maybe if you throw from so many feet back, I don't know how much the tickets are, but five dollars. But you can move up for five more. It's ten dollars from this line. Ten dollars. I mean, the goal is to raise money. Yeah, we want to raise. I, mean, I want to raise a honest. ton of money, and they want to irritate me, and that's okay, and I'm good with that. And um, I'm just, I just hope I don't throw. I've out been a working hip. out with Ruben. Ruben's I mean, after the show, we did the parking lot. He's been winging some. Oh, yeah. We've been doing the 16-ounce curls. That's my favorite. Ruben, <laughs> you're not going to dunk me. You no. love me. No, 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 no. I I, I got uh, my, my kid. He, uh, he he got with the pitcher for the baseball team at his oh, high school, so I'm going to have him throwing for me. Your, 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 kid, your kid's going to use his lacrosse. He, he, he can't throw a ball, but he can zip, oh, that, he can zip that lacrosse. Yeah, zip it oh, right into you. Oh, man. Well, it's at the North Shreveport Technical College. It all starts tomorrow at 9. The event runs till 2. I'll be in the dunking booth from 9 to 11. Um, you're invited. Show up. Bring a wad of cash. Whatever. Oh, trash talk will be happening. I promise you about that. Dodie Horton joining us after 8 o'clock. And also the Keep Louisiana Beautiful folks, they'll be joining us at 840. New study is out. And, and uh, how dirty is Shreveport? Are we keeping Louisiana beautiful? Are we? We'll talk about that too. 1017 FM. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty. Mike is out. Uh, he's in Atlanta. I've got my friend Scott Hughes here with us. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. I learn when I'm here. Yes, and we are joined on the Shreveport Security Systems, uh, actually the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Representative Dodie Horton, who is running for re-election to her seat in District Nine. Good morning, Dodie. Good morning. How are two of my favorite people doing? We're doing good. We're do, we're doing good. Um, you have an opponent who, um, Chris Turner, who was on earlier, and he 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 thinks he can do a better job than you. I guess that's the only reason you run against an incumbent. Um, why should folks send you back to Baton Rouge, Doty? Well, Aaron, um, one thing you don't do is put a so-called conservative up up against one of the top conservatives in the house i have never i have never sold our soul out uh and have compromised on our core beliefs you know and we we have stood together to fight against and push back against the indoctrination of our children we have fought against the increasing of taxes you know and uh and has stood against allowing little boys to use girls bathrooms or to allow you know or not we protected the integrity of girls sports we passed one of the greatest pro-life laws in the country, you know. And so I have been the voice of the of the majority of my constituents, and my people know me. They trust me, and they 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 know that I will stand even in even in immense pressure. You know, I've been tried by fire. We have I am have eight years of experience and relationships. I have the, I'm the only one that has the knowledge and understanding of the process and going forward, working under being endorsed possibly by the next governor of Louisiana and Jeff Landry, we will be, it will be even a greater benefit for my district and our parish and our entire region. You have been um, put kind of on an Island by some of your legislative leaders uh, because mm-hmm. of your, because of your, some of your votes. Uh, and there is concern that you may be kind of ostracized 
among lawmakers next year. Are you hoping you can mend fences and, and you can still hurt, maintain uh, some sort of position of power in Baton Rouge? Well, that is that is really a false narrative, Erin. Okay, I have I have so much support from both sides of the both sides of y'all. People have asked uh, to endorse me, like Dustin Miller. We work very close together. I have my colleagues that are sending. You can look at my report. Sending support for me. The ones that uh, are the ones that you're talking about are no longer either in office. Have decided not to run or moderates at best. They are those who want to protect this broken system because they benefit from it. But our conservative numbers are growing. I have received endorsements from Senator John Kennedy, Mike Johnson, our AG from every from every conservative business and industry. You know, and uh, I can name the list. Mm-hmm. That that is a false narrative because Aaron, think about it. The legislation that that I passed, you couldn't do that and get it to the governor's desk without relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, our district secured one of five mega projects, a billion-dollar projects with the new four-lane Jimmy Davis Bridge that has contracts signed, and it's on task. They're on schedule. They are uh, in the design phase, and that was huge for our delegation mm-hmm. because no, nothing in Baton Rouge happens alone. No one person does it. If you don't work well with others, you don't accomplish these, these type of uh, wins. You know, uh, I-20, as you know, we're breaking ground uh, today, and we've been waiting for over a decade. That's a federal federal project. That's not a state project, essentially. Oh, well, it's definitely the state held back. The state had the funding in 2015 under Bobby Jindal. So so why not go forward? We have Mm -hmm. pushed and pushed legislators before me. Uh, and, and this delegation working with city and Paris officials made it happen. And, uh, and, uh, and we, again, we're thrilled about that. And so, you know, securing Bossier Parish has secured two water sector, uh, grants, uh, the Bossier Parish uh, police jury, you know, secured the grant with our delegation support, uh, to be able to provide water in a more cost effective way for the citizens of country place. Who have paid astronomical water bills uh, for I can't even tell you how long. The town of Halton securing over I think close to 2.7 million dollars for their water sector grant. Senator Mills worked the Senate side. I worked the House side. But that and Halton water project came at a, uh, through another age. That that was cut in the legislative that, process. No, correct. No, they, that they they we made a um, a capital outlay request uh, for that, but it but the water sector grant came. Uh, through the water, you know, the water sector program, mm-hmm. and uh, Senator Reese and my my chairman uh, colleague uh, Zizarang, who I worked very closely with, promised me that they would, if Carlton could get their score up, that okay. they could just get their score up, that we would get it. All right, so Scott's got a question there. for you, Dodie. Just yeah. sec. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dodie, you, you've mentioned your district several times. You and I have visited. I think your district has yes. changed a little bit. Can you let, 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 let listeners know who can vote for you in this race? I think your district slid a little bit in reapportionment, and you were on that committee. Oh, absolutely. Uh, who can vote for me? Uh, anyone who wants, uh, anyone can vote for me. But I what mean, do the district believe- lines look like now? What's the change? Well, the change is we, you know, uh, and yes, being on that committee, um, our purpose and desire was to allow 
to create districts that would allow us to possibly elect a third state representative from Bossier Parish. And that's what we accomplished with uh, with uh, Dennis Bamberg going into uh, office in the new created District 5. And, he now, and has, last, he now has most of South Bossier. You lost some of that. And what did you pick yes, up? Yes, I picked up uh, a, a little up by the North Gate, which I had part of, and uh, some of Bossier City uh, by, you know, between Old Menden Road and Barksdale Boulevard. And that area and there have a lot of uh, retirees that I've visited with, have good support there. And other than that, it stayed basically the same because we had to lose 3,500 people. And so and it is, it's very difficult to do. That was a very um, uh, strenuous and, and uh, a great experience with redistricting, but very difficult. Dodie, can, can you stay with us? I've got some questions on my uh, on my message board for you about education we got to okay. talk a little bit about crime we will okay. keep Dodie Horton with us and, and uh, more for her coming up next on Keel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. State Representative Dodie Horton is joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Dodie, we're going to continue and talk education I got a message um, about teacher pay raises claiming you voted no twice, <laughs> but the no vote was on H House Bill 1, which was not just a teacher pay raise bill. Is that kind of clear? Oh, yes. Yes, ma'am. First, let me say on the question, who can vote for me? Let me say anyone who wants honest and, and transparent representation, vote for me. That's that's. And But when it comes to teacher pay, I've never not voted for when given the opportunity to vote for a teacher and support personnel pay raise. And HB1, when we first sent the budget over a month before it came back, we had paid uh, uh, over $700 plus million dollars towards paying off the IUAL. And by doing that, it freed up uh, millions at the local level. And like with the Bossier Parish School Board alone, which is what my concern was, they would save over $5 million every year for the next three years. We were going to pay that off in two years. And by freeing up that money, um, they could have given the teacher pay. They could have doubled it to $4,000 a year. And so why would I vote for an amendment that would have cut that in half? And so when you pay, you're not only not busting the cap, you're paying down retirement debt and keeping local dollars local, allowing the locals to finally give the teachers and support personnel a significant pay raise without raising taxes. And But when the bill came back, that wasn't the Senate's desire. So I voted for um, uh, Sam Jenkins' amendment that would emit, that would uh, make the, the stipend that the educators and support personnel You voted for Jenkins' amendment? When it came back. Okay. When the, from the Senate. Uh, when it was clear that leadership was not going to allow us to vote on SCR2, which is where the MFP was housed, where the teacher pay raise are, um, we, we supported overwhelmingly Sam Jenkins' amendment that would turn the stipend that the Senate turned the uh, 2000 pay, pay for teachers into, into an automatic yearly, yearly pay raise in the next fiscal session. And that vote the recorded vote is what our voting record is set by. We, but we, that, we have to do something in our in our community about crime. Um, we, we have it across Northwest Louisiana. It is continuing to grow. It's growing among younger and younger people. 
what mm-hmm. will what will you, State Representative Doty Horton, what legislation will you bring to address that number one issue to many of your voters? Well, what we will do is like we what we did this past session. When I served on Criminal Justice Committee. We brought uh, supported several bills that would that would amend uh, legislation that was passed through that so-called Justice Reinvestment Act. When that was passed. A bill, bills that I did not support. We that's when crime started to uh, get worse and worse and worse. When you let empty the jails and you put people back in your neighborhoods and on the street and allow them to create more victims with less accountability, this is the result of that. And so that we we are working on putting uh, legislation together with our law enforcement, DA, sheriff associations that will bring that back to where it needs to be, that we need to hold our juveniles accountable. But we also need to also give them a hope in the future when we do have them housed. So we need uh, to put more dollars to uh, to allow our sheriffs and our law enforcement to have a place to, to house them and to be educate them and to provide mental health services. Dodie Horton, so, let me ask you this um, on another topic this morning before we wrap <laughs> things up. What yes, will be ma'am. your top three priorities for capital improvement projects for your district that you hope to get accomplished if you're reelected? When I'm reelected, uh, of course, addressing crime is a, a t- you can't, you can't have economic development if you can't keep your, keep your community safe. Then we need to be, we need to make our state a business friendly state again. No, we what need to what capital through. projects? Do you have capital projects in mind? Like things that we want Absolutely. to get done? Okay. Absolutely. We want to, we already have made Highway 80 a top priority. Um, so we have, we, with uh, the states, we've already got the state match. And so the federal, we should get, bring down federal dollars. And that's slated to be uh, done in the next 2024 fiscal years. And so um, we, we are working. And when I say we have to, for capital projects, you can't bring business here if we don't, we're not business friendly. Uh, we, are, we are working with legislators to eliminate the state income tax over a three-year period of time. So we know it can be done. We know it can be done responsibly. And so, but it's going to take a, consor- a leader in, on the fourth floor, as we call. You have to have a governor that, that embraces the same vision as majority of our vision as the majority of our citizens so that is a high priority and uh and to to pass constitutional carry to to secure our second amendment rights uh is very important to my district even though some uh sheriff's association some other sheriffs would say they don't think that's a good idea well the citizens beg to differ Gotcha. And, I, and I'm going to continue to fight against the woke agenda being indoctrinating in our, indoctrinating our children, continue to stand against uh, libraries have, and our children have an open access to, to uh, books that are not age appropriate. You know, I'm not talking about censorship, but I am talking about having an area in libraries to where they have to have parental consent to go into. Uh, we know that the uh, woke agenda is after the hearts and the minds of our children. So I'll continue to stand in, in the gap for them uh, to protect them as, as uh, I know that we can. So we have a lot to do. And with the right governor and a conservative, a proven conservative House and Senate, uh, we can truly turn this state around and do a 180. State, and I'm looking forward to that. And my relationship, eight years of knowledge, we can we can get it done. State Representative Dodie Horton, thanks for your time. Thank you so much. You bet. 101. 101- 
back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel. Um, just another reminder, quick reminder. Tomorrow morning from nine to eleven. Uh, yes, it is true. I'm in a dunking booth. Anybody who I've ever offended, good God, that line could be long. It's only nine to eleven. That's oh, a long time. I'm hearing people are camped out already to get oh, in the line. I, I, it's like a Duke basketball game. I think they're up there <laughs> buying tickets. I. <laughs> Uh, North Shreveport uh, Technical College, North Market. Um, it is a big career fair for the police and fire department. It's a fundraiser and the sheriff's department. I have agreed to be in a dunking booth, and um, you got to pay a little, you know, fee to throw throw the ball at me. I'm thinking they're bumping that fee up. The the chief pulled out a wad of hundred dollar bills yesterday. He said, "Oh, I'll I think be he's there. bringing Paul Skeens in." To, oh, to pitch please for him no! Just please to just no. take you out. Basically, it's the it's the intersection kind of I twenty and North Market right mm-hmm. there in that area, yeah. just a little back toward town. I two twenty. I two twenty. The loop. That's correct. I two twenty. The loop. Um, you're there nine to eleven. Mm-hmm. The event goes much longer till two. Yeah, and it's really it's really to raise some funds, but also to, to recruit if you're looking for a job. Yes, it's absolutely. a job fair. Absolutely, we're going to talk litter. How dirty is Shreveport? Uh, the head of Keep Louisiana Beautiful has agreed to join us next, and we will. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Susan Russell is joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. She is the uh, the poobah, the head poobah of Keep Louisiana Beautiful. I don't think poobah is your title, right? <laughs> Not today. <laughs> <laughs> but we, um, there is a new study out on um, litter in Louisiana, and we're kind of getting a sneak peek of it today. What Anything in it that surprised you that you found? Um, I don't know if I was as surprised um, as much as it is always good to um, really have a better understanding of the problem so that we can better address it. I think we can all agree that Louisiana has a little problem, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But we need data does a number of different things, right? It will help us formulate programs to respond better to them. It will help us to uh, secure additional funding, um, and it will help us to ultimately prevent it, right? So a couple of things that really caught my eye, though. Um, We did, this was a three-part study. One was a visible litter study, and we literally picked, along with DOTD, we worked with them to pick 137 sites. We had folks come in as a team, and we worked on interstates, U.S. roadways, and L.A. Um, I'm sorry, U.S. highways and L.A. roadways um, in in all 64 parishes and walked along the side of the road and examined the the litter and in different categories, like that category, the item, the material, but also the brand. Um, and that documented that we have about 143 million pieces of litter along our roadways in Louisiana. You counted um, the pieces of litter? 
counted and categorized them. Wow. Yes. And so it it what that does is like I'm saying, it helps us to better understand the problem and so that we can improve the solutions and how we tackle it. Interstates, of course, are more littered um, than the other. Um, and, you know, we have seen that um, plastic water bottles are the most littered item. Mm-hmm. Um, there's about 62 million plastic water bottles along our roadway. They were found at 80% of the, of the site. Um, now, when we're looking at micro litter, which is four inches or low, smaller, or the larger pieces that are more visible, um, when you combine those, tobacco, cigarette butts are the most littered item, mm-hmm. and followed by beverage containers and then construction debris. So, in saying that, like I'm referring to, we can now better address and try to eliminate those items. Susan, um, of course, question. it makes sense that motorists are the most, you know, mm-hmm. fifty. Two percent um, of motorists, that's the sources of litter along the highways. That makes sense, yeah. followed by unsecured loads and then garbage trucks. Quick, quick technical question. What period of time? What year was this done? Was it one visit to these sites? Was it over a year? What period of time was this, did this cover? Yeah, good question. So we conducted um, uh, these studies uh, last year. So this was starting in, say, December. Um, we started with the visible litter. And then we did a cost of litter study, and then we did a public attitude uh, survey. And so the cost of litter uh, documented that we are spending at least $91.4 million on litter abatement. Now, the last time we did a survey such as this, it came to $40 million, and that was in 2010. So that's about a 65% increase. So... You know, this is a problem that is very costly to our communities. Um, when we pulled that data together, it was a combination of state agencies, sheriffs, local municipalities, and parishes. And it shows that our local governments are bearing the brunt at 80% of that cost. And most of it is spent on removal and not prevention. Only 10% is spent on prevention. So we are paying huge, hugely for the litter problem directly and indirectly. It affects flooding. It affects tourism. It affects business growth, the economy, property values, and I can go on and on. Let me ask you this. Did, we, you, did you go in? Did, it, did they hone in on what areas of the state have a bigger problem? We, we're particularly concerned, obviously, about northwest Louisiana. Sure. How did, how sure. did, how did we score? <laughs> Um, we actually, we did. So we broke things up into the districts of DOTD because that, that's just kind of made sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, they're, they were all very um, comparable. Um, of course, the, the rural parishes fared better, you know, because there's less people. Um, but unfortunately, that Bossier Shreveport area ticked up a little bit higher than others. I are we the highest that, in the state? Are we the highest in the state? Uh, I think y'all are the highest in the state. Oh yeah. no! And we actually, you know, it's um, uh, we will have available the comprehensive study as well as the executive summary, and then each of these studies on their own broken out. And if you are interested in looking at that, downloading that, 
it will tell you every single roadway that was examined and which ones, how many pieces of litter was found on each one. So, you know, up there, Highway 20 and some of the other roadways that go through your area. And you can um, take, a, take a, a, a dive deeper into that. And we will also be talking more about this at our upcoming state conference, mm-hmm. um, which is in Baton Rouge, October 10th and 11th. Um, and so I encourage anybody who really wants to learn more about not just this study, but ways that we can address this problem, um, because it really is something that's going to take. It's not just something that the local government can address and solve or state government. It needs to be everybody. State, and, and, and you mentioned the study is going to be available, Susan. Is it available now? And where would you go get it? Is it is. It- it is not currently posted on our website. If you give us about two weeks, it will be. But the conference is when we are going to make the official rollout. In October. So mm-hmm. it will be posted before the conference, but definitely by October. Yep. This will be something that citizens can go look at. Absolutely. And like I said, the, the uh, Dr. Carson, who um, was commissioned to do these studies, will be there presenting. So it's a good time if um, if any administrators or, or just concerned citizens have questions and want to dive deeper, she will be there. Um, but like I said, it really is the, the government, our businesses, our schools, our individuals. I want to give a shout out to Shreveport Green. Keep Bozier beautiful up there. They're doing amazing work. Our community affiliates and organizations play a, a critical piece to this. Um, the Bozier Chamber is partners with us and is doing an amazing job in helping us with a business program. Um, so there's not, unfortunately, there's not one source. There's not one solution. It's everybody doing their part. Susan, Susan Russell, keep Louisiana beautiful. I can't thank you enough for your time. I look forward to seeing the full study uh, and, and some possible solutions. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Okay, um, I'm going to wrap things up with the Mardi Gras thing because I had some discussions with some of the crew members yesterday. Uh, some that are just float lieutenants, some that are just riders, and some of the top brass. And at this point, they wisely, I think, don't want to come speak publicly. This not is, yet. This is mm-hmm. not a de- de- negotiation. It's a conversation. Right. They are very disappointed in the mayor, Is uh, to put it mildly. Um, they're hoping they can still come to a solution and let the parades roll next spring. Um, or It's February. It's early February when they're rolling, so it's not even spring. Um, they're working on possible solutions. They submitted a um, compromise to the mayor, which he said was was not a compromise. And Sounds DOA. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't even respond to it. It was, you know, he he essentially said it's this is the way we have to do it. He said it's not a negotiation. Yeah. He seemed to imply that. And, and, and we to be fair to our listeners, we do get to visit with the guests when they get here and a little mm-hmm. off air. And he did mention that a lot of what he believes he is, he is, um, putting on the table now has always been on the table these have been the actual rules mm-hmm. from day one this perhaps right. they weren't enforced as vigorously as he is now looking to enforce them because of what has happened yes exactly and when we brought up the lieutenant governor uh billy nungesser's comments that you can't move a mardi gras parade because you'd hurt international tourism people that have already paid for their trips they're coming 
um, he kind of said, you know, the lieutenant governor hasn't reached out to him. That he hasn't heard from him, and he has. The mayor says he called him, but he hadn't heard back. He made it clear he has in his. He has not received a call as the mayor from the lieutenant governor. That's mm-hmm. what he said. Yeah. Now there may be some confusion over my people called your people or my people called this. Sure. The, the, the tourism bureau is sort of involved as a third party, and that may be where the confusion exists. But mm-hmm. he made it clear that he personally has not received a call from lieutenant governor. Right. I got a text from the lieutenant governor today. Um, just thanking us for the coverage and, you know, said have a great weekend. So he's keeping a close eye on it. He's watching what's going on here. He and has offered to help. Fr- he's been a friend of the show. He's been a friend of Shreveport Bossier for you a bet. long time. He comes on frequently mm-hmm. very, and very open and transparent. And he said he's contacted the Sheriff's Association to try to get us extra security. Um, they need to work better. They need to, you know, the, the mayor and the lieutenant governor need to have a convo over this. What can you li- realistically help us with? Uh, what do you really need? I, I and think, and I think work yes, on it. Net, net, yesterday, we got the mayor to a point where I think he said very clearly, I'm going to enforce the rules in the contract, which mm-hmm. are wreckers and time in this. He said very clearly the time is not negotiable. It's not going to be later in the evening. Mm-hmm. He also, in my opinion, said very clearly... We haven't moved the date yet that right. it can run on this day with the other parade. He also said very clearly, we are not touching the African-American parade. That's its historic date. It's always been there. Right. You're the one that moves around based on Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. They, they're based on African-American History Month. And sure. that's their date. But he also, and I think we had him very clear. We even clarified it with him. The date has not been moved yet. Yes, And that exactly. if someone can find 60 officers, 60 people... And he said money wasn't an issue. It's right. the bodies. If those can be found, all this can be resolved. Yes. That is the issue. Mm-hmm. Hope to have the crews in next week. Uh, this story's not over.